Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Donegan. We're continuing our hashtag alternative western series and talk about all kinds of these different types of western films leading up to the new Magnificent Seven remake. Last time we did Good, the Bad, and the Weird, pretty much a Korean western. Today, we got a modern western with a Good, the Bad, and the Ugly theme. And this movie is fast. The Rock, which I think this is also the first time he used the name Dwayne Johnson. It wasn't Dwayne The Rock Johnson, it was just straight Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, I, I think there might have been one of the movie where he used uh, just his normal name before that, but I know this was definitely maybe Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but this might be right, I think you're right, this might be the first one where he just got rid of The Rock, which is Dwayne Johnson, but to me, he'll always be The Rock. I wasn't even like a wrestling fan, but he's still always The Rock to me. Yeah, he, he, he'll always be The Rock, and you know, some people complained at first, they're like, dude, he's going by his regular name, that's such a generic, boring name. I'm like, well, he probably doesn't think that. That's his name. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I, like, The Rock's just, The Rock's just too cool of a name not to go with, you know what I mean? When That's why I thought it was kind of weird, it's like, okay, I understand, you know, he probably likes to just, you know, I'm just the rock's a character who talks in third person all the time. Like that's not necessarily me. And I understand he's kind of almost separating himself from the character to the, the man, but I just don't think anybody, like everybody kind of understands like, well, yeah, when he's on wrestling, that's going to be a character. But when he, he's in real life, obviously he's not going to be like, and that's what the rock says because the rock is the best. He is the people's champion of movie making. Okay. Rock, just fucking say the lines on the script. <laughs> the rock doesn't have to say your candy ass fucking lines. <laughs> I feel like um, I think that in recent like movie trailers of him, I think I've seen Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I think I've seen that more often. I think now he just kind of owned it. I will say this: it's kind of weird when you're a kid. You just before you're even really a teenager, sometimes you just got to feel something to push against. And I just wasn't a fan of wrestling. I was never into wrestling. And I just saw the Rock. The Rock was a big deal, and everybody loved the Rock because he was the hot wrestler at the time. And for me, I was just like. He talks in third person. He just, like, just has a stupid eyebrow thing. Fuck that guy. I don't, I don't give a shit. Like, you do realize it's a character. It's a stupid character. You know, I think when you're younger, yeah, I mean, you just I got just, something to I, mean, I wish I could do the eyebrow thing. I mean, don't, don't say I haven't tried. But fuck him. Fuck him. Then I then I saw the rundown. I was kind of like, mm, he's okay in this. And then, you know, surely, surely after, you saw him in a couple more action movies. And then saw him. Oh, he seems pretty cool in interviews. And then, like, you know, that's that that's stupid, you know, like rebellious side of, of your brain which has really nothing to rebel against it just you know it's just like i don't know what the fuck to do i'm young i'm angry for some reason just like <laughs> oh well yeah shut the fuck up he's actually pretty cool so now he's actually come cut to act this time 2016 he's one of my favorite actors probably one of my favorite action stars definitely i think he's probably the closest thing we have to like a modern arnold schwarzenegger oh i totally agree there and i will say I, he probably is like nowadays almost like top three actors i look forward to being in a movie like generally if he's in a movie i want to be there and i will say going back to kind of wrestling because i watched a bunch of wrestling there in the 90s and i was that time period it was like the rock was one of those guys like yeah you know he's cool good wrestler but he was you know wasn't really my total favorite i was more into like Shawn michaels and brett the hitman Hart and the undertaker and even stone cold steve austin all that stuff but as more as time went on i got to appreciate him more and more and more and I was like, no, The Rock's really fucking badass. And then as a movie star, it's, 
yeah, he is the modern Stallone Schwarzenegger. He is the super action hero guy of nowadays, which, as I said, there's mostly movies I've – even that movie Central Intelligence, I didn't get to go see it, but I I did kind of still want to see it because The Rock was in it. It was like I'm, I'm liking him that much. He's almost kind of like – it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll see anything he's in no matter what. And that movie, I was like, okay, well, it's got Kevin Hart in it who's pretty fucking obnoxious. But maybe The Rock will outweigh it. Maybe his weight will take over, even though I still <laughs> didn't go see in the theater. So I don't know what I'm – it's like – well, it clearly still didn't work on me enough, but – I still think he should have, like, just his – this should be – we've said this on, like, the episode year on an episode years back. But I really think his, like, the tagline for his career should be, nobody moves The Rock. Oh, yeah, that was our G.I. Joe yeah, that's podcast what... tagline. <laughs> but no, that's true. Nobody moves a rock because that's when he's here. He's here to stay because he's the people's champ. And the no... people's champ is always here. Nobody rolls the rock. Maybe that's what it was. Nobody rolls the rock. But, um... And this right here, Faster, is the, I will say this really quickly. Faster was a big deal for the time because there was about a three-year period where The Rock was, like, not doing action movies. And it was kind of like, dude, what the fuck? You did The Rundown. You did Doom. You were in the Mummy movies and Scorpion King. And then all of a sudden, he was doing things like The Two Fairy and The Gridiron Gang, which that was actually a good movie, too. But it was just that kind of thing at the time. It was like, fucking handling a gun and shooting people or punching people. I'm angry! And, and then, well, I was just going to say, what, he did a couple Disney movies and stuff in that period. So there was this, yeah, like, might have been even longer. Because what's this movie, 2010 almost? Yeah, this movie's 2010. Doom. Yeah, and Doom's like 2005. So that's a five-year period where he didn't do any action films, which yeah. is kind of ridiculous to think about. Yeah, he did. Like, I mean, he was in a lot of comedy stuff where it's wink, wink, look who I am. And by this point, I warmed up to him. Like, he was the bad guy in Get Smart. And he was also in, I forgot, he was actually in Reno 911, the movie. Now, was Get Smart after Faster? It was before Faster. Now, he was still, the way they did, because the way Get Get Smart, the original show, it was kind of like proto-Austin Powers, but mm-hmm. the movie did it more in like in the sense of like, it was more like an action comedy and just more to happen, just like some like, you know, funny moments, not really the whole slapsticky randomness of Austin Powers. And he was the villain. He was the guy who kind of came in as the guy who was just trying to be like the good guy to the uh um maxwell smart the uh um uh shit what was his name um was a steve carell character yeah steve carell and then surprise surprise turns out the one guy that was nice to him the whole movie is the bad guy the the rock but is the but but yeah but so for a while he was just doing all this kid stuff and then he did yeah like you said i think the big one because he was in other guys that up to that point too but i think the big one that he did was um was uh was faster that was the first and I, I think it was one of those movies a lot of people kind of forgot about this movie but i think it reminded a lot of people at least people in hollywood like oh wait this guy is like an action star we kind of forgot for a minute well the nice thing too is ever since faster he pretty much just has been delivering non-stop action movies at least one or two a year so now it's like one of those ones that's like okay good he's getting back on track because there was that period it's just like what well, we you know do your, you know, your action or your comedy family movie phase. Wait a little bit to do it. It's almost like he did it right off the bat. You know, where, you know, I think about Arnold Schwarzenegger. He waited like, you know, 15 years before he started doing that. Well, The Rock did it after like maybe five years of doing movies. Well, if I, that think, even. I think it was one of those things that he just started doing it because it was like, uh, ha ha, yeah, because I'm such a big here. I am doing like playing the dumb big character in a kid's movie. I think that was just the whole joke of it. But mm-hmm. as time went on, though, I think he re- they also did like I, he, like some of them were like still semi action movies, but more than anything, they were still like kid films. Like there 
was the Escape to Witch Mountain remake that he was in, which I totally forgot about, mm-hmm. or Race to Witch Mountain, which I'll be honest, that sounds like cool because I remember seeing the original as a kid, but yeah, the then, 70s like, one. for reason. Yeah, and I'm not sure if it would hold up now. I remember liking it. But now think about it. Oh, yeah, alien movie where The Rock has to like escort some alien kids. Uh, but now I'm just like, something about it just didn't like jump out to me. But, yeah. Yeah, I think just, you know, who knows? Some of these movies, I'm not saying anything like they can't be good, but it was just that thing you're kind of looking forward to him, you know, doing some more kick-ass films. And it was kind of like, oh, okay, I guess we'll just go straight into the family zone. And I remember he even said in like one of the, there's like an interview I read with him or something like that, where he's like, you know, like a lot of my buddies would kill to have this position I'm in right now doing family movies. Like they really want to do it because the money's fucking good and there's not a whole lot of work. I'm just going to say, no, he didn't say that part, (laughs) but you know, and it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I could get it. Like, you know, doing a family movie, especially if I think he might have had kids like at that right age at that point that, yeah, I, I can see why people, you know, decide to do it. I'm not really necessarily saying thing against it because in the long run, we've earned all our action movies. But there was that just period where it's just like, come on, man, you're, you're doing so fucking awesome. Like, make my testosterone power movies. I think we're saying all this thing. We're like heavily critiquing his career. He's just feeding himself with hundred dollar bills. I'm sorry. Were, were you saying something? You know, I uh, I think that, like no pun in, <laughs> no pun intended here. But I think Faster was kind of his like door in to the Fast and Furious franchise because it had Fast in the title. No. Well, that. But no, I think that people just realize once they realize Fast and Furious doesn't have to be strictly about cars. It could just be just like on oh, these insane action movies with this ridiculous car action. I think they realize, you know what, this might as well just get this because they're trying to do the expendables thing with like more like younger people, I think. Just get this huge cast. And I think that he I think seeing this movie, maybe he was already signed up for it by then, but I think this movie was at least definitely like turned some heads at like at least other roles, if not that. May I help you? Sir. So what do we got? We got our shooter. That's not just fear, that's recognition. He knew him. Turns out some gang ambushed them and killed his brother. It took me 10 whole years to track down these people for you. I'm gonna kill them all. Smile for the camera. Please don't hurt me. I'm not gonna hurt you. There's been another shooting. I got a hunch it might be our guy. They've all got records, armed robbery, rape, assault. Now it seems like he's going after everyone on his list. I've been inspecting you. Witnesses placed the second shooter at the scene. Said they had a little shootout in the hall. Do you think you're done? There's one more. Pure. No hesitation. He's fast as you. He's faster. I've got you now, mate. You better be sure, because that's a long, dark road you're headed down. Where are you? The devil got your heart twisted. The vengeance and hate. Can you find it in your heart to forgive? I can't. Oh, yeah, no, I totally think so. Because Faster, it's just such a badass movie. And sadly enough, it's one of those movies I know critically, and even just people I've talked to before. It, you know, it's it's this mixed review movie where some people they just love the hell out of it, and other people like they heard like, eh, it was just okay, it wasn't a bad movie, but it just wasn't that amazing. And it always kind of blew me away because there were some people I talked to, I'd assume that they'd love this because they love westerns, they love seventies like crime films and chase movies like Vanishing Point and Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, 
and even stuff like, I guess you could say, Dirty Harry and Charles Bronson flicks. And then, you know, they see this movie and just go, eh, it's okay. Like, this movie is awesome. Like, to me, I just feel like it felt very fresh, especially in the 2000s after having, you know, that whole long run of kind of dark, gothic-y, you know, post-Matrix movies. You get a movie like this with some 70s, almost kind of like dust and grit. And that makes for such a cool movie. Plus, when you're not really getting westerns, you get a modern-day western. I think that's a great way of selling that to, a, in a sense, a modern audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that uh, something about this movie was, I noticed even not, not just like the whole dust and grit of it, like being like a 70s-style action movie or 70s-style western. I feel like um, a lot of people, like just the way it was shot and the way some of the action scenes went down. I don't think a lot of people got that because I heard some earlier reviews and granted, I don't think these are like the, they're the most like, I'm not, I don't want to sound snobbish here, but I don't think they were the most like uh, aware you, you reviewers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think they almost came across as like, uh, like, all right, so there's like a shootout and just over quickly. There's only a few shots and it's done. There's like a knife fight. Someone just gets stabbed real quickly and it's done. It's like, it's so quick. It's like, he just shoots the guy who leaves. Be, uh, uh, you know, like that was some of the, cause I'm not going to lie. I used to actually, I'm more out of curiosity when I was younger, I'd go and look at um, YouTube reviews, just the people talking to a webcam, just out of curiosity, just see what people think. Now I don't it was do new it. And it fresh at the mad. time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, now I don't do it. Cause it just makes me mad. But at the time there's a couple people I would frequently check out. And one guy was just like, you just would shoot a guy, just leave. It's just like, there's no action. There's no, it just happens. It's done. Like, well, it's kind of like, that's how a lot of like seventies action films would happen. I mean, it's every once in a while you get like the wild bunch where it's this mm-hmm. big, long, drawn-out shootout. But you get these other ones where it is very quick, very to the point, like a Sergio Leone movie. But when it hits, it hits hard. Exactly. No, that, and that's kind of how this movie plays out, is that, you know, in re-watching the movie again, those action scenes actually feel longer than I remember them. For some reason, I remember them being much quicker than they were, but... I was watching, it's like, well, they aren't just like, bam, bam, and then that's it. You know, there's, well, I mean, there's a couple that are kind of quick, but there is a little bit more depth to them than I remember. But even still, what I liked about it is the quickness of them, that made it kind of cool. Because once again, that was fresh for the time. We were so used to almost like this over-the-top, you know, really drawn-out action films. You can almost say stuff that it's like, in, you know, like the Resident Evil movies and things like that where these action scenes took up a lot of time. And I'm not saying anything against that. I love all, you know, long-ass action scenes. Totally fine with that. Same thing here. But to get a movie that had that kind of grittiness feel to it, to just where that's how it would be in real life. You would walk into a room, and if there's somebody you're going to kill, you would just shoot them in the head and walk right out. That's it. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to have a struggle. doesn't have to have this long conflict. Boom. And it's done. I want to say that maybe a year back, we talked about faster for, like, a tirade, but, like, in detail, though, there's this, the beginning of the movie, the very beginning, it's just the rock. He is just like a force of nature in the movie. He's not even like a, it's not even kind of like, like he, he never smiles. There's only one time you see him smile and it's like of a picture from years ago. It's like this yeah. guy has, he's always looking angry. He's always very short, very to the point, And like, he's always sweating too. Cause he's the rock. He's always just fucking <laughs> sweating. He's just no so angry. Where. Yeah. And like, he's just like, Whenever they show him, he's just like, with the very beginning of the movie, when he's like pacing back and forth, just get the fuck out of here, gotta kill that guy, gotta kill that guy. And then I love that scene where he's talking to, um, talking, I don't know if it's a parole officer or what, but like maybe just a shrink. He says, now, 
You never went looking for trouble, but you never <laughs> stepped down from it either. So you just look at all these pictures of guys that were just totally fucked up. Like one guy's missing an arm. One guy like has his face like all fucked up. And then he says like, so here's the card. Any trouble out there? You ever feel it? Give us this call. You got any questions? He's like, where's the door? <laughs> it's so like, badass. I don't know. If we're, then he gets out there like a lot of people will like chuckle and laugh at that kind of shit but to me it's just like i don't see that a lot in movies anymore and i legitimately like that shit not in a me not in a satirical like snarky kind of way i legitimately like that shit Uh, especially because the the rock can deliver that those kind of lines like nobody else the only people that can really deliver those lines are people like stallone schwarzenegger the rock there's some others I'm sure of. Um, right, Statham probably, but The Rock yeah, is Statham, up there. Sometimes Jet Li. Jet Li, yeah. I don't know. His thing will be like something like, "Oh, what happened to Yang?" or something like, "Oh, he took the stairs," and he, it's a guy he kicked off a balcony or something like that. You know? Yeah, but, but those are yeah. all the guys that deliver the one-liners in a sense and do them well. Yeah, but you know the thing is too. It's interesting because he's in he's in prison for ten years. And, you know, they, I don't know if they've explained anything else by this point. So he's just raring to go. So the second he gets out of the prison yard, he's just kind of like booking it, like almost like he's not running, but he's just walking super fast, gets outside, kind of looks left, looks right. Nobody's there to pick him up. He just starts jogging. And I think this is right when it says his name. It's like driver. Well, actually, it says driver because I just watched a little bit ago. It says driver right in the jail cell. Not, not to like uh, overcorrect. Oh, did it say uh, for some reason I thought right when he stepped out. I know I only I watched this like yesterday or the day before, but it's like right in the jail cell. But the thing is, when he walks out, they got this song, just this like it's like the slow kind of like I think it's a harmonica maybe. And then like he looks at the card as soon as he flicks it into the wind, you got this like very like spaghetti. It's like a it's like a R and B hard rock song, but it has like this like Sergio Leone kind of like choir this oh with his guitar picks and he's just fucking running and it just says faster <laughs> just like it's like okay then he so he jogs for like god knows how long all the way yeah. to fucking bakersfield in the fucking in the fucking burning sun because we all he, know they don't build prisons next to town <laughs> then he gets all the way to fucking bakersfield walks to a he gets to like a junkyard and it's starting, you know, the, the music's starting to slow down. It's starting to slow down. You know, then he comes to a car that's like, he comes to some, like some, a car that's wrapped in a sheet, pulls it off. A brand new black GTO. It's a looks Chevelle. Beautiful. Chevelle? Was it a he Chevelle? drives a okay. GTO later. It, well, in the flashback, he drives a GTO. Okay, well, it's a beautiful looking Chevelle. Just pulls up. As soon as he pulls it up, the music just picks right up again. <laughs> he looks for a keys, gets in there. Even though he just got done jogging like... 15 miles through the fucking desert he says like oh a leather jacket i'll just put this on because i'm the fucking rock <laughs> yeah it's already you know 100 degrees out let's add another 20 to it and then fucking pulls out like this list of names there's a gun hope enjoy the new ride or something like that there's a note just like oh fuck and there's it just by that point like you're i'm in i don't know where this movie's going but i'm fucking in just from that oh well i remember sitting in the theater watching that movie and we were there and it was just like at that point, you're just like, yes, this is a fucking action movie we need to break up that. In a sense, this is what trans this movie right here. I don't think people think of it as such a big deal, but like, I think it was a really big deal of transferring from the 2000s to the 10s because mm-hmm. this is what kind of changed the action. You know, we were used to these over the top ones, and of course, they still spilled over. But we were going to get back to a more grittier time, and maybe it didn't change enough because I don't know if we had enough of these movies coming past it. 
But I do feel it, it did give a change, and it was just this really cool part because Arnold Schwarzenegger hadn't come back yet. Stallone hadn't really had his big comeback yet. This movie right here was like our our way in back into that again. The Expendables hadn't happened yet, and even the Fast and the Furious Expendables versions hadn't happened yet. This was leading us to our classic style of 70s, 80s, and even 90s action. Yeah, and then he just drives off, and then as soon as... This part's just funny, just because I mean, it's one of the last guys you'd expect. It also looks just like this one guy we knew, so that made it a lot more funny. <laughs> but he pulls in to the... <laughs> he pulls right in to like some business... Some some business, some office accounting deal or whatever, just walks right into this place. Excuse me, sir, sir. He just walks right past this is big, burly Samoan motherfucker in a black leather jacket. He sees the nerdiest looking ginger. The guy get, looks just looks petrified. Just blows the guy in the fucking head. Takes off and just like what the fuck, you know. <laughs> and that's what I love about it. It's just, it's right to the point. There's not like they gets in there. There's not a struggle or anything. It's just quick, one bullet to the head. And it makes me laugh because I, I actually, that guy that he was in one of our movies, if anybody remembers, Counterpoint Exploit. He was like the main character, I guess you would say, of that movie. And his name was Ben. And he was a really cool guy. And I actually ran to his mother like the other, the other day. It was kind of weird. I was sitting and waiting in line somewhere, or not in line, but in an office. And this lady keeps showing me pictures and stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's just like, well, why does this lady keep showing me all her like, family pictures? And then all of a sudden she flips through and I go, oh, wait a second. That's fucking Ben. I'm like, I know that guy. Look at it. Here's a po- movie poster he's in. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, I remember that movie and then so on. But it was just kind of funny that these things all kind of come circle. But that's not Ben who got shot. It looks just like Ben. Oh, yeah. But I haven't seen Ben in like nine years or maybe not that long. Ten, five, six, whatever. Fuck it. But still, so continuing on faster with that little moment of whatever remembrance yeah <laughs> remember when no from there we had, we get introduced to like a bunch of like it's kind of like the good bad and the ugly formula where kind of like the good the bad the weird how we did in our last uh, retrospect where it's just um it's you know it actually does i think this movie i think equals screen time just about everybody in the movie because whenever they do this formula it usually tends to favor one person over the other which mm-hmm. i understand you know after writing it i think you do when you do formulate this is the good guy but this movie i think it actually the rock still probably the most but i think just about everybody has about equal amount of screen time because the rock is essentially you're good the bad even though you're not aware of it at the time you're not supposed to be aware of it is billy bob thornton he's the cop no no no. i would say he is the ugly i I no, no. i'd say he's the bad because the reason because they make a point that the killer is the is beautiful they make a point like how how do he look like? He was beautiful. Kind of. I like think they're getting. Star. I guess by that standard of doing like the, it's almost like the good, the bad, yeah, and the beautiful. If that's what you wanted to go with, but I, I always viewed him more as the bad because I think by him being beautiful, even though I, I know it's kind of sound weird, Lee Van Cleef. You know, but Lee Van Cleef is always the guy who's so well dressed, and even in the good, the bad, and the weird. Lee Bung Hung. Eli Wallach. Oh, Lee Bung Hung. Yeah. I'm yeah. He. You know yeah. how he's always very slick dressed. So to me, it always feels like. The bad is the guy who's always a really slick-dressed guy. And that's where I always felt he was pretty much the bad in the movie, where Billy Bob Thornton, the only reason I think that he's the ugly is because he's the guy with all the problems. And even though he's not maybe weird and kind of funny, he's the guy that's got the most baggage out of all the characters. At the same time, though, I think that the movie was just trying to throw you a curveball. Like maybe, maybe it is that, but I feel like the movie's throwing you a curveball because – when you get down to the end, because you think he's a good guy the whole movie. The movie wants you to think he's the good guy. Truth is, he's a bad guy trying to just 
tie, tighten up loose ends. I'm pretty. Uh, the reason I feel that is because like at the end, you kind of get the the bat the the uh, um, the the killer. In my opinion, the ugly. Since they're trying to make such a point that he was a good looking guy, because they never really made a you know they never made a point that Lee Van Cleef is so well dressed or anything like that. But I think that since they made a point that he was the good looking guy, and plus we saw he actually had like something to go home to. Mm-hmm. More something to look forward to. I feel like they're trying to get across this is the guy we're more meant to empathize with. Where I think the movie wants us to empathize with Billy Bob Thornton, then just to pull the rug from underneath us, like, nope, you don't want to empathize with him. The, I think the movie starts out the killer being the bad because that's even in his title, killer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right there, I think is it, and I think at the very end, it's almost like it flip flops it. That's probably yeah. how I would say it goes. And, and Billy Bob Thornton's the ugly because he's this cop who's just kind of dirty. He always shows up late. You know, he's shooting heroin. He's drinking alcohol. He's, you know, it's like he hasn't shaved in a couple days and so on. He's kind of got all these problems going on with him. You know, even, you know, his ex-wife doesn't really like him. His son's fat. (laughs) His son's fat. Just going down the checklist. Well, I don't know what it is. Like when it shows, why don't you stop eating them goddamn donuts? All right. It literally just. You stop shooting up heroin, Dad. No promises there. Okay, whatever. You can eat the donuts if. What if we put some heroin in those donuts, huh, son? You don't like baseball. I know you're not very good at it. Fuck it, I'm not very good at it either. I'll tell you what I what pops good at shooting heroin though. So is mom. <laughs> Maybe you'll be you'll be probably be just as good at shooting heroin too. May hopefully the torch will be passed on to you. We'll see one day. One day. <laughs> Maybe if you're lucky enough, I'll be there to show you. I just you know help you patch up your fixings. You know, get up the old belt. You gonna see Pa do his magic. Just funny. It's just like a father, like instead of being like, you know, almost like, you know, I just wish I could go in the backyard and throw the baseball with my son. It's just like, I wish I could just go in the bathroom and shoot a heroin of my son. That's like, you know, I think every dad looks forward to that point in his child's life when he says, like, you know what, I just can't wait for this kid to be like old enough to where I could sit down and have a beer with him. To like, you know what, I can't wait till this boy gets old enough and we could just shoot up. Hey, fuck, let's just start now. Let's start early. Come on, like my dad did with me. Maybe this will help you lose some weight, you know? So the ladies will like you there, fatty. Yeah. <laughs> I actually feel kind of bad for the kid. The kid just seems like this real, like, nice kid that happens to just be kind of fat and has to live with kind of, like, two dysfunctional parents. I'll say this. Um, not to shit on the movie, because I do love this movie. It is a good movie. It's not a perfect movie, though. And its big problem is I think the movie kind of shows too much at the beginning. I really think they could have waited a lot out for it to be... Because I think they, they want the big reveal to be... There's this video, there's the snuff video earlier on in the movie where you, you kind of get The Rock's backstory, where after a, after a uh, bank deal, after a bank robbery, uh, The Rock was the driver. His brother... That's, that's when they're driving the GTO, that's a really badass one. Yeah. The, the brother, the brother uh, gets killed along with their whole crew, and you see, you know, in the video, you don't see any of the guys' faces. But The Rock has a flashback. And we see it from his perspective, kind of like in a parallel action kind of thing. And we mm-hmm. see, okay, the guy he killed at the beginning, the, the redheaded guy, that's one. This old pervert guy's one. So we see everybody's faces before he meets them. I really think that is something they probably should have showed later. I think they are trying to be clever and throw you a curveball and think, show this now, think we're giving him too much information, and then drop the big bomb on him later that the guy that actually shoots him is Billy Bob Thornton. But... I think that uh, that right there, I still think that they kind of gave too much information because even there, I kind of saw like, why is Blood Moon good, his ex-wife, 
so paranoid. What the fuck's going on? Like, oh, he's the guy in the video we don't see. So I really think the movie does make a big mistake of showing you too much to, at the beginning. But at the same time, I'm just glad this movie came out because there's not a whole lot of gritty 80s, 90s, set, even set, more. I think this movie's more 70s than anything. 70s yeah, style. I would, like, I would say definitely 70s. 70s more than anything else. That's what it's mirroring. It's, you know, between Dirty Harry and almost like a Sergio Leone Western. But I will say... point a little bit. Yeah, definitely a lot of vanishing point. Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, uh, Gun, 60 Seconds, the original one. Get Away. Get Away, definitely that one too. But I will say, I think first time around watching this movie, you may or may not see too much in that Billy Bob Thornton thing. I think that kind of comes the more and more you watch it. But I I think that also the other thing that doesn't give away is because the bad or the killer in the movie, they never really say anything like, that he's tied in with this. He's just almost like this separate entity. So once again, I guess that might make it why he could be the ugly as well too. Cause never once in the movie does it ever lead you to believe that, Oh, maybe the bat or the killer was involved with this whole setup thing. It never, ever points to that because he is literally just this assassin. And it's all kind of, I almost kind of like it because he's almost this guy who's the, he's only connected by one real instance that makes him there. He's this guy who pretty much was a kid who couldn't walk. And, you know, and he had these crutches on it, shows a picture of him as a child, like trying to walk and everything like that. And by having such a handicap, he almost does this thing where he overcomes this throughout life and becomes this, you know, millionaire through web stuff. And then he keeps going through different challenges. It shows him like climbing Everest. It shows him skydiving. It shows him doing these like insanely difficult yoga poses. Like just the whole point of his life is that he has to, you know, take that next challenge just to prove that no matter what, even though he starts from being a broken, crippled body, he has been able to like rebuild himself and become, you know, the pinnacle of man. You know, he's beautiful. He's got money. He's got skill and talent. And through this, you know, how do you get that next big high? You know, it's almost like a point break thing. You can't just always rob banks. There's got to be that next way to kind of take it to the next level. So he becomes an assassin. And since he has so much to do money, that is to listen to Iggy Pop while doing yoga. Exactly. Because that's the other bad thing about this soundtrack is like. You get so many cool like '70s songs, and then like almost like modern '70s songs too, because you get like the heavy in there, and a couple of other bands. I actually don't know what the names of them are, but they're cool songs. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is now he's become this assassin guy, and he, you know, he don't he does it all for one dollar. That's his price because he just wants these really really hard to get targets, and the whole point is the thrill. And then he's also sort of got this wife there, or he's not wife yet. Maggie Grace. He's got this girlfriend there and everything like that, and she's kind of along with the thrills for a while, but as they kind of progress, you see this like love relationship build up, and it almost kind of changes your mind, because at first you're kind of looking at this guy like, who the fuck is this rich fucker? You know, look, at he's got his fucking Ferrari, he's got all this stuff, I don't care if he's fucking crippled, I'd beat the shit out of that guy in his wheelchair, <laughs> you know, like one of those guys, <laughs> and then over time, you start to actually like, like this character more and more, so I think that's what makes him kind of an interesting dynamic, even though he's technically, he's only involved, once again, by one thing. Then you figure this out way later on in the movie that Billy Bob Thornton's the guy that hires him. And that's why he's put into this situation. Well, I had a feeling. I mean, I don't want to sound like this guy. Like, I fucking know it. But I had a feeling it was me, Billy Bob Thornton, from the get-go. Because he seemed kind of stressed about the whole thing. And on top of that. Because <laughs> it's Billy Bob Thornton. It's Billy Bob Thornton. And then on top of that, it's like somebody hired you. Some faceless guy. And I'm like, okay, I'm thinking Billy Bob Thornton. Maybe there'll be another character. And then by the time we get to like the middle of the movie, they're like, all right, who's it going to be? The uh, 
is going to be like the police chief or something, you know? So yeah, who was like on screen Carla once or Gertino twice or something like that. Yeah. Or her, you know, it's like, it's gotta, it's gotta be somebody. And Billy Bob Thorne's really invested and his wife or ex-wife is really scared. Like you got to fix this. You got to fix this. You know? So I'm just like, mm, I gotta, I gotta feel like it's like, once again, don't take this as me hating the movie. I just really think they should have showed that video way later down the line. The flashback of the video. Both. I think because I think they have the part, like, I think it would have been more interesting if we saw him killing these people and we didn't know why. And then near Mm -hmm. the end of the movie, Gina Carano goes over the video with him near the end. What? Not Not Gina Gina Carano. Carano. Carlo Gugino. Oh, Carlo Gugino. She uh, goes over the video with Billy Bob Thornton later. And then by that point, later down the line, we could just probably... We don't even need to show the. Then there's another thing. They show a picture of Blood Moon Gun, the ex-wife, with The Rock's brother when he goes to visit his uh, foster mother. So I'm just like, oh, there's everything right there. So it's one of those. Like, don't be wrong. I still love this movie. I just mm-hmm. wish that it held back a little bit. Really, the only thing they need to show is just the picture of The Rock and his brother fishing. That in itself gives you everything you need to know of like, in a sense, why he's killing these people. Because you're going something fucking happened. I don't know what. But something went down. And almost that you could have saved later on. So, yeah, I will say, in a sense, the, yeah, the movie maybe does give a little bit away. But this, it's just so good anyways that, you know, yeah, maybe it'd be nice to have a little bit more twists in there and everything like that. But I still think they almost kind of make up with some other little twist, I guess, to kind of fill that void. And maybe if it was just reshuffled a little bit, who knows? Or, or yeah, if you, I will... If you made Carla the bad guy, that would be really ballsy because you would not expect you, this really good cop It's there the whole time happens to be this fourth character that ends up being the, the person who wasn't there. That, that would be kind of interesting. It's like, the oh, really fuck. fucking bad, yeah. Because you, that, that would give it away the whole time that Billy Bob Thornton was the, the, you know, this bad guy. You're like, it's leading up to him, leading up to him, leading up to him, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it wasn't him. It was somebody else. It was someone else. That would be kind of an interesting twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, even the movie, like, I, I, it wasn't that the movie was blatantly obvious. I think it's more of just like, not, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm so smart, not that either. Smart, I just smart, think I've smart, seen smart. so many. I just think I've seen so many movies by this point. Like, all right, it's not just going to be some faceless guy that walks on screen later. It's going to be somebody. So, I will say though that, um, did you see the original deleted ending to this movie? Yeah, where they got like the original ending, and that's one of those ones. Which like, that, I, I see exactly why they kind of changed it around. I mean, there's. I'm not saying there's nothing. There's there's still cool things to it, and it sort of even has almost like a vanishing point st- feel. But it is kind of weird because, you know, it's that thing that instead after every. Well, I guess we should lead up. We should probably lead up to the ending first before we get to that alternate ending. Well, it's just basically. I think we kind of summed up everything you need to sum up for the most part. It's basically, the rock is going down this list, killing these different guys along the way. And Billy Bob Thornton's chasing him down. He's always one step ahead of him. He's acting like he doesn't want to be on the case. He's acting like, I don't want to be here. He's having trouble with his wife. And at the same time, the killer, who I think is supposed to be the ugly, is has he, it's one of those things like, this is the one guy he can't beat. This is the one guy he can't take down. And he feels like incompetent. He feels like he's making up for something. No, I, I got to beat him. This is the last one. And then on top of that, he just got married too. So now he's... Like juggling, like my love life or my future, you know. And he comes to the conclusion that no, 
I, I got to take, you know, and his wife's kind of like crying. Like, you said you'd be over. You said you'd just like end it. He's like, no, no, no. I just got to beat this one last guy. It's the last challenge. It's the last thing I got to do, which makes you kind of wonder, even in future, he will, he'll always be that kind of person who's going to need those challenges. And Billy Bob Thornton, even as him being a cop, he's the kind of guy that everybody just thinks like, oh, he's just the fuck up. You know, he, he maybe he was good 10 years ago, but not anymore. You know, even the other cops in the building, they all think he's an idiot. Nobody's really on his side. So even if he's got a hunch, everybody's like, ah, no, nah, you know, that that's not going to be right. That's not going to take you anywhere. All these things like that. And I think as it also kind of goes on to, there is just these, like almost the interesting ways he meets different people. And each time you see a different person, you see who they were in that snuff film, you know. When he runs into the old man who's trying to, like, drug this poor little girl coming in carrying his groceries, that's the guy who was shooting all the snuff films. He was the guy with the camera, and it cuts to The Rock looking over and seeing him over there, like, look at the camera, little one, or whatever he says. And then as he runs into, like, the black bouncer guy at, like, the strip club thing in, like, Nevada, that guy right there, you know, it cuts to him. Oh, what the fuck was he in the video? I'm drawing He, a like, slit the throat of his brother. Oh, yeah, he's the one that slit the throat. And then they just get to this point, which is kind of cool. Like, he walks in. He doesn't have any guns or anything with him. gets padded down and everything. You see this guy, like, stabbing ice with an ice uh, poker. Ice pick. He, ice pick, yeah. Grabs that from there. And then they go into this bathroom, and there's just this old bathroom attendant guy. It's like, hey, Bob, wake up. He's like, oh. He's like, no matter what goes down in here, I want you to step out of there. You ain't going to say a word. One of us is going to come out. The other one's going to be dead, but you ain't going to see nothing. And it's just kind of cool. Almost like... This showdown, you can say, like a high noon mm-hmm. showdown in a Western, except for it's in a bathroom in a seedy bar in Nevada somewhere. And it's just this kind of, you know, knife fight. You know, the big black guy, he's got this huge knife. The Rock's just got this ice pick. And once again, it's another one of those ones that's quick. It's almost like a couple of moves. It's like, you know, bam, 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 stab, stab, stab. And then boom, he's down. And also in this scene, it's kind of an interesting one because when the guy's sitting there bleeding out, he's like, I want you to do one thing for me. And he throws down his cell phone. He's like, you call my boy and you tell him, you know, that, that, you know, what, what happened to his daddy? That's it. You know, it stops there. And so the rock kind of looks and picks up this phone and goes out and he calls him. And at first, you know, he kind of almost doesn't really say much. He's just like, your dad, not going to make it or something like that. And then he closes the phone. Your father's sorry. Yeah. Your father's sorry. That's what it was. That's what he wanted him to say. And then as he's driving, he's like, at this point, the Rock's listening to the radio, and he's listening to like this, like Christian or not really Christian, but like Which that was a good, that was a good twist. That was a good twist. Yeah, and he's listening to this station the whole time. And there's this preacher on there, like, you gotta change, and you gotta know that the word of God does not need violence or guns. You can live better. You don't need drugs. Like all this stuff, kind of playing in the background. You're not thinking much of it. Like the first time you watch the movie, you're just kind of driving. You know, it's almost like you know that Rolling Stone song where it's like, and I heard that on the radio, and then. In his honor, I ran 10 red lights. Far away eye. I run 20 red lights in his honor. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. That's one of my favorite stones. It, it's going on, and then there's like this like break in the news section there. It's like, oh, you know, there was a stabbing at this bar, and the guy's recovering in a hospital. And I, this part's just badass, because, you know, the rock just spins around, and that fucking Chevelle and floors it, pulls right up to, like, the emergency room, is just storming this hospital. And, they're and the, you know, the surgeons are in there, and they're trying to bring this guy back to life. The rock, like, busts in. They all fucking look at him, pulls out a gun, just shoots him right in the head to finish the job. And once again, it's just this quick, taking him out fucking ballsy approach to all this and as he's kind of leaving you know everybody's freaking out and billy bob thornton happens to be there at the same time because he 
was the guy who thought, oh, no, I think this stabbing is actually involved with the guy we're chasing. Everybody else was like, nah, not his M.O. He's a shooter, not a stabber. And so in this point, Which, you know, I will say that's that's kind of a very flimsy thing. Like, well, yeah, there's no guns allowed in the club, so they're going to pat you down just because, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe just people just didn't think anything of that. I guess it's just I guess it's it's more it's not a big deal to ruin the movie for me. I guess it's just one of those little like, come on, you're caught your detectives, really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so they're in there and they almost get this the shootout downstairs in the hospital as he's escaping. And then the rock gets closer to him and he's going to shoot him in the head. But he looks down and he's like, oh, he's a cop. Well, I'm not going to kill this guy. Not knowing that Billy Bob Thornton yet is involved with this. So he walks out on him. Well, something I will say to go back to the uh, to the big black duty kills. I like that part because the guy, when, when he has the flashback, we see he slits the throat. He's like, ha ha, yeah, I'm evil. And then, you know, this is 10 years later. And then when he sees the rock, he gets this look like, oh, fuck. But so he turns to the old guy and says, Joe. You go way outside that door, no matter who, no matter what happens, you you don't see nothing. And what I like about that is he has this sense of honor about the whole thing because it's one uh-huh. of those things where I know I just kind of repeat what you said, but I just love that how much he just has. He's kind of like, look, I don't want to fucking die, but at the same time, if I do, I don't blame you. So let's just do this, you know. And I think it's mm-hmm. so much better than just like being kind of still the thing what a lot of movies would do like haha i'm evil now like i do think that like it was one of those things like, i've been waiting for this moment like one of those kind of weird like mm-hmm. i want you know to finish you off and it's like it's almost like you could almost even say it's like a samurai revenge flick like that thing that's like uh, you know almost if you killed someone's like father and this like 10 year old kid he's like uh, in 15 is like in 15 years you'll find me and i want you to come and battle me like one of those kind of moments i mean the first guy i'll say this the first guy we don't get a chance to he dies before we have a chance to know anything really about him <laughs> just, i think that's also makes because this fucking nerdy guy stands up with glasses and ah! on the phone. <laughs> just gets shot in the head which that, and they even make that kind of remark i think the cops do later on they're like they're like, oh, it wasn't just like this random killing because when the guy stands up, there was fear in his eyes, you know. And they even pointed out, like, look, he recognizes him. That's not fear. That's recognition. And he says, we look at this angle. He can't see the gun from there. So he doesn't even know he's dead. He's just surprised to see that guy. But mm-hmm. um, it's one of those things that, like, uh, I feel like with the exception of the first guy for, like, the next three ki- kills he goes after, each one gets a little less evil. Like I'm going to say, cause he, the first guy, we're not going to count him because he, he dies before we have a chance to really know anything. Second guy, the fr- second guy, pure fucking sick old fuck who drugs, rapist. who drugs yeah. people and then, you know, makes a, a snuff film with them. And, um, that guy, it's just like, he kills him. Second guy, he's like, look, I'm not gonna run from this, but I don't want to die. And he, it's a little bit more of a honor kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Third guy turns out to be the radio broadcaster, the preacher. And we see that was the guy that was watching the door. He didn't actually kill nobody. He was probably one of the lower, he was kind of like a lower guy on parole and just like had to watch the door. That's all he had to do. He's like, oh shit, no. Like you see, he was the most guilty. And he's, he's the one that turned his whole life around. So I thought that was just kind of an interesting dynamic. It was the three stages, the really evil guy, the guy in the middle. And then there's the guy who just completely turned it around. Yeah, exactly. And then the guy we don't really know any, too much about. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't remember what that. He did something. The brother, I know- he shot. He, he like, I think. What did he do? He shot. Uh, yeah, because the, the red. The redhead. Actually, the redhead guy. He, I think. He did something. He, he It wasn't like we didn't know anything about him. I just can't think of what the fuck he did. No, he was there. He actually. He just had a gun drawn on him. 
And he would after that's... like after his brother, he had a gun drawn on him. Maybe he was one of the guys to take out one of the other guy, one of the uh, henchmen in the room. But he was the guy that said just like after his brother died, he says said we wouldn't shoot him, you know, after he got his throat slit. So I think he was just kind of over. It is a progression. And then you finally get to the, the last or I guess not the last guy, but the fourth guy. And now the station that the rock's been listening to of this preacher on the whole time, he finally pulls up to it. And it's I don't know where it's at somewhere in, in between Nevada and California below Fresno area. I don't know where exactly to say it, but that that area that we're very finishing point, and a lot of other things kind of like take place in the desert. And all of a sudden he pulls up to this and there's a sermon going on. And it's just kind of this like almost like shantytown kind of church. You know, it looks like it's just kind of set up Traveling almost like in a warehouse with. Yeah, just like, you know, fold out chairs, nothing special. You know, it's got these lights that are just hanging on strings across the way and everything like that. But it looks kind of it's kind of a neat look to it all, you know, and, and it's just this part of the rock just kind of walks up and he just stands there. And this guy's giving his sermon and there's just this pause. Because he now he recognizes he knows exactly who that is who's shown up there, and then he finally ends it, and then they go outside the talk, or I guess they, they talk inside first because I remember his like wife and son come up. She's like, "Baby, you okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, honey, just an old acquaintance. You going home now?" And then next thing you know, they go outside and they're standing by like this kind of lake or beach thing or whatever the heck it is, and they're just kind of talking. And he's like. It's like, what, what happened to your, your brother 10 years ago? Like, I didn't mean for that to happen. You know, I, I was just hired. It was just supposed to be an easy job. I was just supposed to watch the door. I felt so sorry for you for 10 years. You know, he's going on about this. Like, I've changed. I've done all these things. And he's holding this Bible the whole time like that. He's like, and I believe, I believe you could change too. You don't have to do this and everything like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, the rock fucking pulls out. He's just got this massive fucking, I don't know if it's like a 38 or what the hell it is, but it's not, not, not a normal gun at all. And he just kind of, puts it at the guy's head and the guy's on his knees holding the Bible like oh and he's just almost accepting it by this point like I, I know that this is going to be it you know he's like in a sense he's even going like even though I didn't really do anything I understand exactly why if this guy's going to kill me I understand it and I accept it and even like his performance right there I'll say because the music the score they got for this part because it's kind of like I want to say it's the same score whenever he has a flashback and there's about to kill somebody but the look on his face is like you, can you find in your heart at all to possibly forgive me? Just looks so sad, so regretful. He's just like, no, nah, I can't. And then he kind of has this faint smirk and says, it's okay because I'm about to forgive you. And then he starts saying, kind of like him, starts going down to his knees, is the rocks pointing the gun at his head. And this is the thing you expect him to do. He pulls away and shoots, like, shoots the ground next to him. He's like, get out of here, leave, and just walks away. Um, Was now, your first because you do kind of wonder though, because like the rocks just at this point though, where you're like, you like, it could have almost went both ways. I mean, that's the way you kind of assume it's probably gonna go. It'd be a real dark move if he just fucking shot that guy in the head. Look, I don't want, I didn't want him to kill that guy, but if he did, I would like, like the movie just for being ballsy enough to do it. I mean, it doesn't uh, yeah, that, really. It's not necessary, but I, I like to give movies like props for going ballsy like that. You know, and that's just kind of like it's more of like in like, you know, it's more about a descent into darkness because this movie's about a descent. I, like the original ending, I feel the original ending was all about I wonder if it was like a test screening thing or if I don't know what changed it. But the original ending was more of a descent into darkness because what ends up happening is the killer then tracks him down to the uh, to the church. And then he says, like, hey, man, I got no beef with you. Fuck off. Billy Bob Thorne comes by. And he says, like, hey, I got this. I got this. Don't worry. Then he shoots him in the back of the head, shoots the rock in the back of the head. And earlier in the movie, they said when he was shot in the back of the head, he had a he had a metal plate. 
So you know, I guess we, I guess we, I don't think we ever even mentioned that part of it. <laughs> the rock, yeah. This whole time, the rock actually was shot in the back of the head. The bullet curved around, popped out of his cheek. He survived this. He was actually presumed dead for like I don't know minutes or something like that, even in the hospital. And they put this metal plate, and this guy just would not die. And that's almost like what fuels this his rage in a sense is the fact that he came back from the, you know the dead to avenge his brother. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that's, I guess that's a really important part that probably should have been mentioned in the beginning, but whatever. Okay, we, we come full I circle kind of, to it. It kind of sort of slipped my mind up until this part. And then even when, you know, then like, you know, Billy Bob Thorne, that's where he spills the beans to the killer. Like, I'm the guy that hired you. He was the loose end. I had to tie up. Yada, yada, yada. Here's your dollar. He's just like, no, I don't need it. I didn't earn it. Drives off. Rock then, you know, we didn't see Billy Bob Thorne's on his phone. Like, hey, honey, uh, everything's tied up. We got to pick up where, where we left off. Get back together. Um, I read Us Weekly. And I know more about women, so I'm pretty sure we'll be fine now. Because this is a real trusted source. Yeah, because that's just a random thing. He's like, while well, he's in the hospital, he's in the waiting room reading like a like cosmopolitan or something like that. And then he just like pulls that out of out of the out of the thing and is carrying it with him. He's like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're gonna be just fine now. I read some How to Please Your Lady tips. We'll be totally fine. And that's where he gets shot in the back. And he's like, but how? Rock's like, metal plate. Bam. You know. <laughs> and the original ending from there is he then realizes he gets a sudden urge. You know what? Fuck that pretty boy. It's <laughs> in the car. And it's a cool scene. They have like, I think they play, I think he like, they, they, I think they get to play a game of chicken. The both uh-huh. cars rumble, tumble. They get out, they have a shootout. The rock wins, but then he goes up to the guy, grabs him by the hand. He's like, you're pretty good. And he gets this look in his face. Like that's all he wanted. And then it ends on this note of the rock on the run from the police. The, the cops. Yeah, there's like just a line of cop cars chasing after him, and he's just driving off into the distance as it kind of pans up. And, and you, I, I will you, say, you should also see Ma- Maggie Grace because they made a big point that Maggie Grace did not want her her husband, the killer, to continue on doing what he was doing. And you see her like target practicing, so it's kind of like oh yeah yeah yeah. So she's almost continues. like taking it over. And, yeah, the hunt, you know, whatever down. But that that ending. I think the I think the one that they use is actually technically better. Same here. But I will say that ending is cool in itself. That it's got a lot of these other seventies like tropes or you know seventiesness in it. Where like not, not only the chicken part where they play that, it's like it's worth. I'm glad they got it on the DVD because that's just badass in itself. Just to watch these two like a Ferrari and the Chevelle just crash into each other and just flip up and all this destruction going on, and everything like that that in itself is totally badass. And then they got a cool fight scene and everything like that. It's almost eight minutes long, maybe a little bit shorter than that. But they just go on and then just that kind of the ending of like there, there goes the Rock, got the whole law behind him. And it just kind of cuts to the end like that right there to me reminds you like that's a fucking 70s ending. You know, what I mean, it's almost like he's done for, but he knows it. Mission complete. Boom. But the thing I want that thing is kind of weird about, though, I just don't feel that it's necessary for the rock to kill the bad because the bad has nothing to do with the setup. If the if the bad had or the, the killer had like something to do with the setup, it would make sense. But to me, I look at the rock, the only person he's or the only people he's killing is a people ill who set everything up. And that's, you know, that's his targets. He wouldn't kill anybody outside of it. That's why he didn't kill Billy Bob Thornton when he saw that he had a badge. He was like, I'm not going to kill the cop, even though later on he realizes who he is. But that time he didn't know. And then there's even other scenes, too, I guess we forgot kind of mentioned, too. There is a part, too, where The Rock goes to, like, his old wife's house or whatever, and she he kind of, oh, like, yeah, out there, part. like, creeping in and whatnot. And she's, like, remarried and has, like, a kid and everything like that or a couple kids. And, you know, next thing you know, he, like, 
kind of just inside the house, just looking at the family albums and so on. And she's just sh- in shock because, you know, well, I guess she saw him on the news already, but he's there. And he even goes, by, he's like, is that, is that little Timmy out there? He's like, do the fucking math. He's eight years old. He's like, what? How the fuck am I going to do the math? Like, what? Is it supposed to be like a sign above his head, like a Sim character that's going to tell me his fucking age? Actual dialogue from the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, like, she does that. Is like, she's like, I had an abortion, you know? And it kind of gives it all. And I think that scene, what it does is it sort of says, like, you don't really have anything left in this world. That that was like your maybe one connection to keeping you, like, sort of like sane. By that point, you have no ties to this planet. And even though she, at the very end, she kind of runs out as he's leaving, he just fucking starts storming out. And she's like, you go out there and kill every last one of them. You know? And I kind of like that, too, because it's saying that, like, she's totally, she says, yes, get that get that revenge you need. And she's almost, you know, making that a big point. Nobody's telling him not to do it. He is set on this mission, and people are encouraging him to do it. And I think that's what makes that a strong scene. It's not tied to the earth anymore, and he's also encouraged all at the same time. That scene, and plus, I also like that, like, imagine, all right, it's, it's The Rock. He's, like, pure muscle, good-looking guy. Just look at him. Just to imagine, I mean, I'm not trying to be that kind of, like, he's not fucking worthy because he's smaller. But just imagine, just being this, like, total alpha male, just made of pure muscle, and you see a guy getting into, like, you know... Is fucking I don't know what it was. What was it? Something like a fucking Prius. Like, all right, yeah. you have a good day. I'm off to my accounting job. You know, <laughs> that's that's always what it is too. Whenever a woman gets remarried in a movie, she always marries like this, like just the most like loserous. Maybe I'm not, she's maybe not a loser, but like compared to the guy that she started with, you always look at that. I don't know why they always make it that. You're like, what the fuck is this? I mean, it's like it's like one of those things. Like it's like in Jurassic Park three. You're kind of going like, that's the guy. Fucking, you know, she marries not Sam Neill. Like, I imagine that guy, it's like the guy she comes to, the guy that she, like, got to with after The Rock. I imagine he's the kind of guy, he's probably a really nice guy. He's like, oh, boy, look, the uh, the tile layouts for Home Depot came in. What do we want to make the bathroom now? You know, just flipping through it, you know? And I think that, He's like, got a safe job. He's a real nice person. Never did any crime or anything bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey, look what they got on Netflix. You know, it's like, it's like my last I husband was, my, was almost be, killed with his brother <laughs> in a gang time, shootout. Oh, God. She just thinks back like, God, I remember one time we were fucked up out of our minds and we were fucking on top of a car in the middle of the desert with, oh, my God. Now they just couldn't cut back to this guy like all oh, orange the new black is on. <laughs> just like go like, like that. Don't you just love the vibrant color in those drapes? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad we went to like JC Penney's. I mean, it's just, it's just like it's just as good a quality, but just a little bit cheaper. Yeah, but not but not as ghetto and dangerous as that Ross. <laughs> I, I you know I I just don't care for all the you know the ethnicity it seems to show up there. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not me. That's my father. You know, you know that. That's, that's my father. You know, but still, you know. You know, I, I just prefer the the safeness of white. <laughs> just like, well, he, he's a little bit racist. Maybe, maybe that's the problem I kind of have with him. <laughs> I didn't really think much of it. He seemed like a real nice fellow, but then all of a sudden he starts mentioning these things. <laughs> and he calls. She's like, "Honey, is it true that a large Samoan man just leave our house?" He was just. He was. <laughs> what? What did he take? What did he take? He was just. He he was a UPS driver. Oh, thank God! He gave us something instead of taking. That's such a. That's such a relief. That's a noble thing for his people to do. Real noble. <laughs> okay. 
I'm about, I'm about to go. I have to have lunch. Uh, have a lunch break with Chaz. Talk to you later. <laughs> but it's just kind of funny just watching these. Almost there's all, they, they, almost with Billy Bob Thornton. He has a scene too that kind of almost could break his reality, but it sort of changes it. You know, he, he's kind of hanging out with his ex-wife at his kid's house and whatnot, and he's like, "Can I just stay here one night? Just one night. That's all I'm asking. Just let me stay here one night." And she's all, "Yeah." But you got to give me the drugs. He's like, I don't got any drugs. He's like, no, you fucking got drugs. Give me the fucking drugs. Like, oh, okay. So he pulls out his little balloon of heroin and fucking hands it to her and whatnot. And you think she's going to like throw it away or whatnot. But earlier in the movie, they do, exp- they do explain that she is, was this like big ex druggie and, you know, problem child and everything like that. So next thing you know, he's like laying in bed with his fat kid. Just kind of oh, going like, you know? I'm just going to get across. Not the other kid, his fat kid, his one and only <laughs> yeah. fat kid. Does he have two kids? No, just it's. I feel it's very necessary to say what this kid is, and they're just like saying things like, "Dad, you don't have to pretend. You know, you like baseball. I'm not very good." So, well, I'll tell you one thing: I'm not very good at baseball either. But I will tell you what I am good at: shooting heroin. Let's go see what mom's up to. Let's go see what mom's up. Oh, oh, oh. Fuck, she shot the whole baggie. That was supposed to be for all of us now. Damn it. I was going to show fucking Fat Billy here how to shoot heroin. It's his 10th birthday. He needs to know. Man, that was it's going to be a heroin Thanksgiving, goddammit. But then, you know, it's like, oh, okay, clearly. It's supposed to show that this is like one of these, you know, women, like, she, it's kind of weird because, like, Billy Bob Thornton's, like, I don't know, in his 50s or whatever, and he's all haggard and stuff, and she's, like, almost, like, maybe not 20 years younger than him, but... I'd probably say more than 10 years younger than him, at least looks like. Still haggard, but younger. Early to mid-30s. You know, she is that kind of, like, totally broken woman that almost this guy... I guess he's a broken cop, she's a broken criminal, and it's almost the two of them trying to, like, rebuild their lives, but they're both, like, not perfect people and never will be, no matter how hard they try. You know, she's trying to take these classes, she's trying to get back on her feet, but, you know, the second that there's drugs presented in here... She's fucking, you know, back on the horse again. Yep, and they kind of, I kind of had a feeling that was going to happen as soon as, I'm not sure to the guy, saw it coming, but I feel like saw the second coming. she took A the, druggie is always a druggie. No matter what they say, you can't trust them. They already lost their soul. No, um, I had a feeling that she was probably going to do that, just like, oh, I don't trust this bitch. She's way too angry, well, yeah, way too like, wound up. Yeah, exactly. She needs a shoot up. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's leading to a good shoot up. Wound up to shoot up. These are like the trauma moments in between, I guess, your action. But there's another part where The Rock goes. There's actually an, a, another person we forgot to mention that he goes to kill. And he just shows up and he's like in this house and he's got this gun pointed at an old lady. And you're kind of going like, well, what the heck is going on here? And stuff like that. He's like, where is he? Where's the old man? You know, he's like, I'm sorry, but he died. He died many years ago. There ain't nothing you can do about it. And then you realize later, it's like, oh, he's got this gun pointing at his mother's head. <laughs> It's like his like foster mother, but yeah, it's like no, no. That's I think that's supposed to be his real mom. I think it's, I think it's supposed to be foster mother because, or maybe oh, maybe it's because it's like I get a point. I think it's actually. I think it's like that's his mom, but she either had an affair or, well, I don't know. I, I'm assuming his brother's supposed to be older than him, so maybe she had an affair or something like that. And since the dad, you know, realizes that clearly the rock's not his kid because he's not the same color. He kind of like, you know, beat this child throughout life and really abused him and all these things like that. So, you know, The Rock's just got this ultimate hate for, you know, his father. But he had this ultimate love for his brother. Mm-hmm. And that was what kept them together. Almost his brother was sort of the one that protected him. But he thought that the old man was the guy that since he wasn't in on the whole deal, that he's the one that sold them out. 
and why all this stuff happened. That he thinks that that's the guy who got him set up and got his brother killed and everything like that. And, you know, through this, like, thing, you know, she's sewing up his wounds and everything. Because I think there's a point where he got already got shot by the killer. And she's kind of explaining, like, you know, even though your father kind of did hate you and beat you around, he still loved your brother. He would never have done a thing like that. Because he thought, yeah, because he assumed that, like, his father also, like, is the one that ratted him out. Yeah, so th- there's that scene here. There's, there's all these, like, kind of... That's what makes this movie really cool, too, is... Not only you get badass action and this really cool story, but there is this deep kind of like dark drama going on in here and these characters that are really messed up. And the funny thing is the guy who's the killer really is the guy that's not that messed up in a sense. He's the guy who started – in a sense, I guess you could say he starts out messed up in life. He's a crippled as a child, but he rises up to being almost like a perf- you know a perfectionist. He really doesn't have a whole lot of baggage, nothing other than his ultimate drive. I guess that's his downfall <laughs> – is he's got this drive that he can't stop. He has to be the best and the best of the best. Where these other guys, The Rock almost starts out in this like horrible place and he just almost goes through this Dante's Inferno of going deeper and darker into like this world that he knows that he can't almost really escape, but he's on a mission and he has to complete that. And Billy Bob Thornton's the one who's trying to erase the past so that he can go on in the future. There's just all these interesting dynamics going on in this film. Yeah, and um, I feel like uh, I feel like it's one of those things. Like by this point, the, in all honesty, even though he's doing some incredibly shady, horrible shit, I get the feeling that Billy Bob Thorne really isn't at this point in his life that bad of a guy. I think he's at this point where he's just like, "Look, I'm this done. I'm this close to being done. I'm this close to being out of here." He's got ten days of retirement or something like that. I just got to tie up this one loose end. I just got to tie up this one loose end. I feel kind of bad for it, but I, I got to do it. And then from here on in, it's smooth sailing. I'll get everything in order. And I feel like, you know, that doesn't make sort of retirement bonuses. He'll be able to finally take care of his like ex-wife and his kid. And, you know, he's really trying to do the sure right thing. Kid? Sure not his fat kid? Sure not his fat kid? Oh, yeah. Let me rephrase that. He could take care of his fat kid. He could, you know, <laughs> take him to Weight Watchers and everything like that. <laughs> I just don't like the fat people. Jeez. <laughs> Maybe maybe it was a little bit too much of the anime con seeing some angry fat people that kind of put me over the edge this last weekend, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to maybe do. Maybe when we're off air, you have to tell me about that, and maybe we could do a little side episode, just a little like 30-minute side episode about whatever. But anyway, um, maybe. I'm not saying it will happen. You're the one editing, so you'll tell me at the end of the day. But um, but <laughs> right there, though, I, I do think it's one of those things like he was somebody who went down a bad path, and he's trying to fix himself now, and he's this close. And this is one thing he has to take care of. That doesn't make him right. doesn't mean he should do it. But I think that's kind of just an interesting thing about his character. Now, like I said, this movie does give a little too much away early on. But regardless, if they think it's still a really enjoyable movie. And I like that it's actually, it gets enough across with just like without having to spoon feed you every single bit of information. Like I kind of like how they don't even really explain what the killer does. The, 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 the uh, pretty boy what he does in, in the long run. They just say it through pictures, just painting down. We see his life story. It's not like, well, you see, I was a millionaire and this happened and that happened. We just get enough just through pictures on the wall. And then we even we see a couple of $1 bills. We don't know what those $1 bills are until the very I'm assuming what that movie. means is that you put a $1 bill up every single time you make your first dollar in a business. So I'm mm-hmm. assuming that he has a ton of different businesses and that's what that's supposed to represent. But then we see that his payment is $1. 
So, oh, I guess I, that's true. Never mind. That's probably exactly what it is. Well, it's still a business. Focus. Yeah, so that's right. It's still, still full circle. Still a business. So uh, right there, like the single dot. So we saw he had this wall of all these single dollar bills. So it's like, okay, businesses. And I'm like, oh shit, people he's killed. So and I thought that was, you know, I kind of like how they uh there is some stuff they don't actually just full on spoon feed you like other information. But regardless, I'm just glad we got another 70 style like action movie. And this is actually you mentioned this earlier. It has music by the heavy. This is the movie that introduced me to the heavy, which is one of my favorite modern bands. Well, I think it's like one of the f- they're almost like their first big way of getting that out because they only had one album when this came out. Because I remember you got the album like right after this movie, and I think that was the only one they had. Because then you let me borrow it and everything like that. And yeah, that might have been just like this band came out and all of a sudden people were like, "This is a cool song. Let's throw this bad boy on there." It's got that you know '70s vibe to it, anyways. It'll be perfect. They which had... I think it fits really well in the credits or like the you know the ending credits, which I guess we can explain. Like the regular ending is that you know. I, I we forgot to mention this too. Is Carla? She gives a call to Billy Bob Thornton. And says like, "Don't go in there alone. Don't go to that church by yourself." He's like, "I got to do this. This is this. You know, I'll just I'll take care flow, of it. <laughs> like, he, He's the, like, "But make purpose. sure if I if I don't make it out of here, make sure you take care of my kid and my ex wife. Fuck that bitch. But take care of the fat one. The fat one needs your help. He can't do it on his own. Look at him. Look on. Without me, he's nothing. He's just he's just a fat blob. I mean, I, I, I love the kid dearly, but Jesus Christ." There's a, there's Where does a he get of, it from? His mom's not fat. I'm not fat. Who the hell is fat? Oh, wait, wait. Wait a minute. Then, she, then he, like, pulls over, like, flips through, like, Facebook on his phone for a second. See? She's <laughs> like, I got a rope. Motherfucker! Like, gets in. That's, like, the new movie. We just, like, bypass the other. He just bypass <laughs> just, he the sees rest. some fat. This sees all these fat guys on her profile. <laughs> it <laughs> could be any one of them, goddammit. <laughs> I'm gonna go down the list. I gotta be faster than them. <laughs> gotta make my son faster so he can lose some weight. But no, he tells her that, you know, and so she's kind of getting that, like, oh fuck, this everything's gonna go down. And then it starts showing her she's flipping through and she sees the task force that he used to work for and all this other stuff and kind of starts piecing it together that oh he was involved with, you know, the rocks, you know, killing and everything like that. And what happens is once she finally shows up and the police are all there and everything, she finds the, you know his body. She sort of covers up that he was involved with that, so that the kid, the fat kid, and his ex-wife can actually get all the benefits of him being a cop. Because if he was, you know, persecuted as that, they wouldn't get any of that. And that was sort of his final last wish, you know, realizing that he is trying to be a good person who might have been in some dark places at some point, but he's turning his life around. Which I guess that's kind of the story. There's a lot of these characters that, you know, at first. These characters are all still bad people, but some of them have finally changed and gone on, like the preacher and everything like that. And then after that whole kind of scene, you get the preacher kind of saying like, you know, a retribution kind of sermon going on, pretty much talking about how he was sort of spared, but using it in words for the whole church to kind of understand. And then I think it just cuts to the rock. He's just driving off in a sense into the sunset whether or not you know are the cops going to be after him or is this it is you know is his mission complete what's he going to do next we don't know and i think that's kind of nice because that's sort of how this movie works it leaves a lot of things to your imagination that you can almost sort of make up almost the slight in-betweens in there you know doesn't spoon feed you and i think that's what's pretty cool yeah i think that uh i think that the original ending was just kind of like off into darkness I think the ending we got is the ending that says everything's going to be okay because 
I mean, they both end with um, "Short Change Hero" by the by the Heavy. Both versions end with that song, but this one ends like because they're, they're like they even like you know make little hints about like uh, references to westerns. He says like, "What what happens now?" But before Billy Bob Swan dies, he says to, like the killer, he's like, "What happens now?" He's like, "Well, I ride off in the sunset." So, uh, what you know, mm-hmm. western. But then um, the th- is the one riding off from the sunset at the end. So I think it's meant to be like, you know, he's just going to go find peace. He's probably going to have to go somewhere else, but he's off to find peace somewhere. And I think this is the one. And like, you know, the killer is on his way home. He's like, yeah, it's done. It's done. So. Yeah, because he calls up his wife and he's like, it's over. It's finally over. I can return home. And then she's all excited and shit. And so it's almost that thing's like the killer. His mission's complete. You know, he's he's climbed the highest pinnacle of life. And now it's time for him to have a family and relax. The Rock, he's avenged his brother. And now it's time for him to go off and do whatever he does next. And then, you know, Billy Bob Thornton, though he tried, it's almost like he pays for the sins of his past, you know, and in brutal death. And now this fat kid, who knows what's going to turn out with his life. <laughs> All right, off screen, you're going to have to. I want to know what the fuck happened at this comic convention to fucking piss you off so much as anime convention but um oh but uh probably wrap it up Not, with this uh we should I yeah, was, the, we're, we're getting a little staticky. bit staticky too so i think it's probably that's the movie there um it's it's a fantastic gem of a movie and i know it's only six years old but it is that kind of film that i it got forgotten quick it got swept mm-hmm. under the rug and just kind of got passed along as just you know just some other action movie that you know just kind of came and went and even though it's it's almost kind of like as far as The Rock's career goes, I consider it sort of his comeback movie as far as action flicks because, but you know, it was a five year period. The last thing he did was Doom. So right there, this starts him off going in the Fast and Furious and all that good stuff from this point on. So if you haven't seen this movie, this hopefully right here would sell you on it. And if you want to also help support the podcast, I'll put a little link on there to an Amazon buy for this movie either on dvd blu-ray or streaming it whatever you choose anything you do by clicking through that link won't cost you anything extra but it will help with the podcast a bit but check out this flick it is a really really badass film especially if you love westerns especially if you love gritty 70s movies this is a great alternative western so uh, i got a couple things to say real quick first off a question for you um what's coming next uh this episode or the technical dave episode so this is the way it's going to go. It's going to sound confusing to somebody listening, but it's going to be this episode is going to come first. And then after that, we'll have part one of our technical Dave interview and maybe part two of technical Dave will come after that one. But then the next retrospect we're going to be doing for our alternative Western series is we're going to do a cowboy bebop one. So that might come in about the next week, week and a half, maybe even two weeks maximum. The series and the movie. Yeah, the series and the movie. It'll be just a full-on rape fest of Cowboy Bebop. Mm, yeah, yeah. Rape fest of Cowboy <laughs> Bebop. Fest. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so till then, make sure to check out oldmanorange.com for the more podcast, cartoons, music, and more. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. I'm Ryan Dunnigan. See you some other time. Later, folks. Thanks for listening to the Old Man Orange Podcast. Check out our website at oldmanorange.com for even more podcasts, cartoons, videos, music, and more. Send us an email at oldmanorangepodcast at yahoo.com. 
Be sure to subscribe, share, rate, and review us on iTunes, Podomatic, or any of the other fine sites we might be located on. And if you want to help out even more, click on the Amazon or GameStop links on our webpage before you make any purchases there. It won't cost you a penny, but it sends us a little something our way. Thanks for listening, and tune in next week to Old Man Orange. <laughs>